0: Good day, good evening, good night, good morning, and good afternoon. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Black Cauldron. We will not be talking about tennis today. Well, probably there will be some tennis reference, I'm sure. Uh, but we will be getting into Harry Potter. But not to worry, there is still more tennis podcasts to come. So, Deb, I know you're looking forward to that. So, we do have something in the works. If, Yay! If hosts show up on time. I'm just saying. That's all I'm going to say, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but before I go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses to the for this exciting episode of Black Cauldron. This is episode number 19, ladies, if Janina is counting correctly. We're not always sure about that, but she's far more accurate than I am. So if she says it's 19, go with her on figures and go with mine. I probably, <laughs> a, I probably have us at 17. But let me introduce my co-host, to is the Moses. We have Professor Deb. How are you today, Deb?
1: Doing great. Um, looking forward to our continued plowing through this, this book and finding things that I had missed the first go-round, or the first two or three times around.
0: <laughs> Whenever I hear you all say that, I'm, like, so fascinated to see what... One of the exciting things I love about us doing this is that I love finding out what you saw that I didn't see because I believe I saw everything. And then I'm just like, wait a minute, I didn't even think of this. You know <laughs> what I mean? And then when I hear you they say, Oh, I didn't see this and when you all saying like, Oh, I didn't even consider this. I'll Janina say, You're crazy real. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh that's one of the so you know, this is when I I, I what I love about, you know, just reading and reading with a group of people as opposed to like reading a book on your own, you're just like in your head all the time wondering, you know, if you're crazy, if the author's crazy, uh, if you can actually read sometimes. It's just like, did I just read that? Like, what? Um, I'm reading Tor- Tony Morrison now, so a lot of times I'm just like, oh my mm-hmm. god. Oh, uh-huh.
1: yes. yes. yeah.
0: So, that's my own side project. I don't think we I don't know if we can do that on this podcast, but Oh, But anyway, Deb is alright and alive in this crazy world. And Janina, and Janina in Foreign Ohio, how are you doing?
2: I'm I'm okay. I know I'm in the doghouse. I'm gonna I'm gonna work really hard today to get out.
0: In the in the Caribbean, when we do attendance and you call a name out, we just say present, please. That's all you should say now about now. Don't say this <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, no I, no listen. Joke.
2: I apologize that I am four hours no, and fifteen minutes late for Janina, the recording time. <laughs> someone, is... someone asked. Someone
1: asked in a, in a story I read if someone was in the doghouse, and the the person responded, "No, but he's hanging around. He's hanging around the outside." <laughs>
0: <laughs> no fans, listen. People who subscribe to this podcast, please don't. Janina cannot be in the doghouse because she's a technical wizardry. She is a technical she is, the oh. she, is, she
1: is the reason for the season.
0: Exactly. The only reason you're hearing us right now is because of Janina. So I don't want to um have an episode where they're like, where's Reels? He's on episode. He was so silent. after out. he introduced us, he said nothing.
3: <laughs>
2: Muffled,
0: no. <laughs> Exactly. The fact that you can hear me, you know what I mean? It's because of Janina. So, she can show up at any time once we're all alive. Right, Deb? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely.
1: I'll catch
0: you, I'll catch you in the um, sub tweets, Deb. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Oh, this and how are <laughs> you, Mr. Reels? I am okay. I am alive. Um, I'm checking to see if Hogwarts have any teacher openings. I don't want the difference against the dark arts job, though. Though so I do need a I mean, at this point, I'd take a job in the magical world as opposed <laughs> to the real world. <laughs> right, real world. that's right. right. And I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> and this is this is where we find that um the defense against the dark arts the teacher job really is cursed.
0: Yeah, you it know, is. That's a very interesting topic, you know, because I do wonder if 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 it's one of those when people say a position or a thing is cursed, I do wonder about those you know like making a statement like that it's like you know people say like you know you're going to a a egyptian tomb and it's cursed uh maybe you should be minding your business and you shouldn't have been there in the first place
2: well you know what i like about this for as far as harry potter it is ron who says it first we pay we are so quick to kind of just gloss over everything that he says because he's such Mm -hmm. a uh, uh. <laughs> you know just give me the food whatever um but it's ron who first says that oh well basically snape should be dead or at least we won't have to worry about him next year because nobody keeps this position for a year and then dumbledore confirms it for us later What he says you know nobody since he was since since what's his face what's his face oh, really? Dumbledore. <laughs> Asked for that job the second time when the the time that he actually thought he might get it, if he really thought that but I don't think maybe he had a better shot, it. um, but I well let's say maybe more qualified than you know a student fresh out of school we'll put it that way, um, he's like yeah okay if I can have it. Something's gonna have it for a while, but no, it going to keep it for very long. Yeah, because I, I guess the reason. <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I just you know. So Dumbledore says like, eh, we haven't been able to keep anyone for more than a year in that position. So well, I don't
0: know. I guess we just have to
2: kind of go with it.
0: I mean, I believe him. I mean, it's very clear. right? We've seen. I mean, like, and sometimes the best and the not so brightest do apply for this job. I get this job, right? Right. <laughs> right. In many ways. It, the curse on this job that uh, so far as we have seen has been somewhat been been odd because they seem in many ways explainable, right? Like Quirrell tried to kill Harry, so they Rockeye. Yeah, yeah. Or like right. uh, Mad Eye got kidnapped. Um, Snape told us. Snape dropped the deuces on on um, Lupin. Lupin and um, Dolores wasn't even a teacher to begin mm-hmm. with. And here we are with with Snape. So, though we hear that this is cursed, we don't have any sort of, like, idea. Because no one mentions a a number as to how many years this song and dance has been going on, right? Right, right. But, you know,
1: the other thing, thing though, Reels, is, you know, each time they have had problems filling the job. And that's why he gets Quirrell at the last minute and Lockhart. And remember, the the reason Dolores has the job in book five is because they couldn't fill it. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: the ministry, you know, has this rule that they, if you can't, if Dumbledore can't fill the job, they would make the appointment. Well, and also...
2: Go ahead. No, that's
1: that's all I was gonna say. So
2: you just said we don't know how long this has been going on, but really we do. We do because Dumbledore tells us we've not been able to keep anybody in this position for more than one year. No, no, no. no. Happens. Dumbledore does say
0: say that to Harry.
2: Right. Since he refused him the job,
0: he hasn't
2: been able
1: to keep anybody for more than a year.
0: Oh, that's not what I meant. What I meant in terms of that. Rarely do the characters in the book so often re- reference specific time, as in years. It's been twenty years. You know what I mean? But we we know from backdating and research that it's been over like twenty years. This song and dance has been going on. If I'm not mistaken, this right. has been going on for quite a while. I mean, because Dumbledore has been, I think, ever since Dumbledore was the principal. Um, whoever replaced Professor Mary Salt, Mary Weather, whatever his name is. Uh, stayed there for a number of years, and then when Voldemort comes for the job, that person just things just start happening. And what I find was odd. Uh, I mean, I guess we can say it's cursed, but we have no real explanation how a curse of this magnitude. If it's an actual physical curse, it's just one of those like jinx. You know, the position yeah, is just I think it's kind more, of like more
1: like a jinx.
0: I don't it think it just so it, happened like you know.
1: Cursed. Because, I mean, something bad, not I mean, it's not like something, well, something bad did happen to all of them. But I think it's more like the job is jinxed. Like they can't, they, you know, nobody's going to be able to stay in the job more than a year.
0: And as we can tell, the job is also, I mean, the job is kind of ineffectual. <laughs> I and mean, it they don't really, I mean, other than Lupin, and I would say, in certain extent, Snape,
1: right. not much
0: real cheating has been <laughs> Actually exactly. Going, uh,
3: exactly.
1: You they know. really haven't had much teaching going on. You could certainly you can certainly say, I mean, I think the expectations for Quirrell, because that was their first year, were somewhat low. But um I don't think, you know, certainly until they got to Lupin, they weren't really they weren't really learning anything.
0: Right. But but supposedly right. um what's his name? Um <laughs> Barty Crouch Jr. was supposed to be really good. People were impressed by his, you know. His well, they did learn things. things
2: from him. Yeah, they oh, did. They did. They did. They it's did. just yeah. that he wasn't supposed, he wasn't who he was supposed to be.
0: <laughs> right. And also, um, according to Dolores, you know, like, you know, he had subjected them to things that they should not have been subjected right. to at all. Right. Right. Well, um, he said
1: that. He said that. There are right. things, you know, that he said that the, the ministry doesn't want you to know, but I think you need to know. Yeah. So, he, he was upfront about the fact that he was going off the book. <laughs> you know, he, yep. he, he was going to close the textbook and he was going to deal with what he thought they needed to know because he was believed in eternal vigilance and they couldn't be vigilant if they didn't know what they were looking for and how they were supposed to respond. So he really did teach them. So I, we have to set, give him credit even though he wasn't, you know, it wasn't under the circumstances it should have been, they did wind up learning some things from him.
0: And he's also a homicidal maniac. Um, well, other than and- that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're, they're just that little bit. I mean, he's an okay teacher. You know Nobody's what I mean? like,
1: perfect.
0: <laughs> that's true, you know what I mean? Like, his teacher evaluation, he knows his stuff, but, I mean... Right.
1: Nobody's perfect. <laughs> but I, I,
0: I do... Um, what I'm often curious about, looking back on these books, whenever, particularly when we hit upon this fact about the job being jinxed, um, though I think someone mentions it before? Though it's mentioned somewhere along. The line. I think it's perhaps Hagrid mentions it offhandedly about the job being somewhat jinxed, that they you know they're having a hard time keeping this position. But I often wonder what happens in the other classes, particularly the the, the people in the fifth, sixth, and seventh year when all this whole merry band of professors are rolling in and (laughs) out of the job. Like, particularly those preparing for exams. Because we know that whatever is happening in the classroom, which seems to be very, you know, elementary and basic, these exams, from what we can gather, are pretty tough. That the exams are what we would imagine an exam supposed to look like if you're Mm -hmm. really testing the aptitude of a witch or a wizard. But then what is happening in class doesn't seem to... I mean, they spend like a class, like a uh, month on simple spells. Mm-hmm. Other, uh, you know, thing. And and what happens, I to think, beyond the whole ethics, when we discuss, you know, they never teach ethics, right? You have power, you have magnificent magical power. You you, you mark yourself better than or uh, different than muggles, though I think it's it's woven into the whole ethos of the Environment and the community. It's not explicitly always stated, but it is understood once you enter the magical world You're set apart from muggles because muggles are constantly being Delineated and classified as being the other as well as the other Other enough other things in here in the world, but they never teach Practicalities as to why is it you're doing something, you know, like why you touch turning a needle in a match a match stick into a needle like, what's the purpose of that? You know what I mean? Like, when you can clearly go and buy needles. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's just like... Uh, a lot of it is it's just like the when basic...
1: you like you're te- when you're teaching someone, you have basic chemistry lab. Many many of the things that you're going to be doing and things you're going to be making are things you could walk into a drugstore and buy. But you're, the, the whole idea is that you're, you're teaching process. You're teaching... Um, You know, you're you're hopefully you're laying a foundation for understanding so that, you know, even if you don't wind up going, even if you do wind up buying, going to um, uh, Diagon Alley and buying needles, you understand the whole process. But I I think that that's what that kind of teaching is, is it's supposedly laying, laying a foundation for you to understand how all of these processes work. Yeah. and then, you, and then you gradually you build on it so that you are doing things that are um sophisticated and that require higher level thinking and higher level of achievement in magic
0: well you know deb i think you're doing JK Rowling should send you a check because you're doing a way, <laughs> way better job at describing what's happening.
3: Oh, but boy. you know it's interesting that
0: you would say that because um I, I would say that I would disagree with I when I said I disagree that this is what is happening in her book. But I agree with you that this is a principle that the principle that you're describing, like why we do certain things in school happens mm-hmm. and what is this we're doing. But because why I say this is that um, there is a there's a book series by a New York Times journalist. He's a writer, Lev Grossman. He yeah, wrote he writes the magician series and he grapples with this very question. And he basically plays out like two different theories of magic and magic construction. And he doesn't change the world per se, but he deals with like the education and the, the fundamental of education. And one of the, the, the fundamental things that he does is that he basically say, if this is how we are going to approach magic, right? That there's sort of an education, that it cannot be children who are understanding these structures. It has to be almost like a um university academic Mm -hmm. style it has to be far more vigorous than this elementary high school level thing and that in order for you as a non magical person like hermione as character whereas that you don't have magical parentage or heritage i should say rather is that you wouldn't be able to be able to process this level of thinking any other time than when you're almost like an adult, when you can fully grapple with large concepts, different languages, because she used a lot of root words and whatever. But I don't want to be bogged down um, necessarily by this, but I just think it would be an interesting thing um, at some point in the future, whenever we finish this series in 20 years, um, we can get it to a magician. Um, yep. And that has a very distinct adult theme, I would say. So that's probably why he takes that approach as opposed to the very um, basic childlike, because this is a children book. that's right. that. So you have to make, you have to put familiar elements in it for a child who's just going to be fascinated by, ooh, wouldn't it be cool to sit in class learning uh, magic? But when you tell them chemistry next period, they're like, Uh, uh-uh. Nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> but I want right. to do potions. It's right. <laughs> just like, yeah. it's the same thing.
1: Exactly. But 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 actually, you know, one of the things that right from the very beginning, you remember how in the very beginning with the tests that they have to go through to get to the stone, we see all of the elements of magic um that they have to go through. You know, when they when they get past the, the, the dog, when they get past the, the snake the snare, um, when they have to do the um mm-hmm. logic with the um
3: mm-hmm. with
1: the with the po- with the potions. Um, when they have to do the um, the business with the, the giant ca- uh, chess set, right. so you do right off the be- the beginning. You see the whole idea that there are all of these elements of magic, and they all have to be mastered in order for you to be able to you know get to the, your goal. So I think very early we get that as the idea that there are these elements that have to be mastered. It's almost like okay, this is, and then we're going to see this played out. Over the entire series.
0: Well, I mean, hmm.
1: well, to a degree, right? To a degree, (laughs) to a degree, we don't we don't see it fully. We don't see it fully, but we to a degree we see each of those elements, um, and your your ability to master those elements um, played out here.
0: I have to say that. So, I think one thing we should probably think about and consider as whenever we get to the end in twenty years. Is whether we imagine, whether we think that she changed, if she had going in, if she changed her mind about many things, or the structure and whatever, which I'm sure she probably did.
1: I think um, she tinkered around the edges, Reels, because she, she when, when they had that exhibit of uh-huh. her writing, she had her outline, and I think she tinkered around the edges, but that was the outline that she prepared at the beginning for the books and now i think that um she ran into snags you know in terms of of how things maybe not had not played out the way she had first envisioned it and she went back in to put like like we said i mean she she actually had to go back in and put things in to um to make sense in the in the fifth book and also early in the second book and she said in the second book she had to take stuff out because she'd given too much away and mm-hmm. i think that was the whole idea uh, how much more about tom riddle we would have was probably we would have seen mm-hmm. um in the second book so i think that she tinkered around the edges but based on that outline i don't think she changed a whole lot uh, well, from where she set out
0: I, I say this because in another um one of the epic books that the you know children literature in this whole fantasy is lord of the Rings and tolkien wrote the whole thing as one book. Right, so he had that right. continuity and wealth structured within it. And, but Tolkien but, wasn't
1: writing a children's book.
0: Right. And he started off with The Hobbit. And so right. he had already created a, a world already. And see, he could expand upon that. And he was using direct references from yeah. um, war experience. Um, before we get into the actual book, I just want to throw something out there. I was thinking the other day and I wrote it on a piece of paper. So I'm always fascinated by the elements that she chooses in the book and whatever, what were the other references, why she made certain decisions to do certain things. And I thought of something and I don't believe I I can't, cannot believe that I didn't think of this before, that the elves and their connection with clothing has reference to do with the elves and the shoemaker. I don't know if you're familiar with that story. Oh,
2: yes. Oh, Yes.
0: Um, Janina, you familiar me like that not story? Not.
2: No, I'm not. So,
0: this story, it goes, you know, a little story time, you know, that this elf, poor, this poor shoemaker and his wife lived in a tiny cottage a long, long time ago. Um, but it's seemingly very like, you know, 17th, 18th century Europe, of course. Shoemaker, and he's, he's down to his last piece of leather. He's poor, it's nothing to do. So, he set out, you know, to work on this, and he just lays it out, and then he goes to bed and be like, I'm going to do this in the morning and make the last pair of shoes. And when he comes back the next morning, he sees that there's a wonderful pair of shoes made. Oh, and he yes, he didn't I know this, this but cheap on. And yeah. he then puts a the shoe out, sells it, and able to buy material for two pairs of shoes to make right. two more leather. And the next day it happens again and this keeps happening. And you know, he keeps making more and more money. And so he wakes up one night because he's aware so that, you know, like I go to bed and this is happening magically in the morning, and you know, I don't believe in magic. But apparently he believes in elves because he wakes up <laughs> in the middle of the night. He sees <laughs> tiny <laughs> little elves. Um, so, away and happily singing along and working, you know, working and happy in this domestic service. No one knows why they're doing this and for what reason. But they do this, you know, they keep making shoes and it m- multiplies, you know. And I think if I'm not mistaken, depending on what portion you're reading, it multiplies in multiples of two. So, one night they made one pair, two pairs, four pairs, eight pairs, 16 pairs, that kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken. But that detail could be wrong. But eventually, he and his wife decide, like, oh my God, this is how of them. Let's make them some tiny clothing. So, they made some tiny clothing, and the elves, two elves, I think it is, are happily and skips out and goes along and live their merry way. No one tells the elf, the shoemaker, how they magically get all this tiny stitching in done. And all of this magical thing. <laughs> but you know, he like, I mean, like he had to go back to make his regular shoes while he was making, while the elves were making Okotio. But that is the story. And I was like, oh, this is probably why she chooses the idea right. of giving the elves clothing to set them free. um So I was just like, hmm, fascinating. Because uh, again, I told you, like, reading this book, and uh, this book when I was in the, particularly coming from the Caribbean. So many of the references were to do with how English storytelling and English ch- British children literature had yeah. been fairies in the flowers, <laughs> you know what I mean? That whole there's a troll with a big old bag, you know what I mean? There's a, a well, troll slash auger. I mean, the only thing missing is a goat, but we will find that there is a goat in this book. That's
2: right, and
0: book in book seven. Ooh, as
2: well. Look at you. <laughs>
1: Speaking of elves, you know, this is, um, we're right at the point where um, Harry finds out, because he has sent um, Dobby and Creature to, to spy yeah, and um, he um, has been able to find out what, um, get an idea of what Malfoy has been, where he's been going anyway.
0: And it's funny how um, I like when Creature shows up. She's just like, you want me to spy on the Malfoy boy? The good Malfoy boy. Oh, my God. You nasty
3: (laughs) people. I
0: was like, Creature, you be holding on to a grudge. My God. Mm -hmm. Let it go. But um, this is sort of interesting because the the obsession that everyone thinks Harry has with Malfoy continues, right? He's like forgetting practice. He's forgetting the game. He's going. And then he realized that Malfoy. Is, I don't know whether he stole Polyjuice Potion or, or actually, they believe he actually stole it from Slughorn when it was in the dungeon that one time when he was trying to identify the potions. And he's giving it to Crab and Goyle. And they're keeping watch out. They're keeping watch on, on the eighth floor so that if anyone comes to drop the scales, if he wants to come out. And I'm just thinking, it's not uh, interesting that, uh, you know, there isn't some magical way of doing that without doing that. Of being able to find out if anyone is outside without having an actual physical lookout out there. You know what I mean? But, right. right.
2: Yeah. Uh, it could be the limitation of age as well. Or the room. Because that's how, well, that too. But I mean, that's how kids are going to think, like, okay, you're on the lookout. Like, I'm going to go do this and you're going to watch. I mean, that's what they would do, you know? It's true.
0: But, I mean, like, if you're going to plan murder, I I would like to think, you know, I mean, like, but you know what? Criminals aren't meant to be smart, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They're not always, they're not always thinking. One thing I, I, you know, watching all of those procedural cop drama things, I always, you know, the interesting thing, you always plan up to the murder. It's the after part you just never (laughs) could get away with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You plan up to the execution of the actual crime, but then right after that, you think that is the hard bit. And it's and you could kind of see this, you would eventually see this is basically the problem for Malfoy is that he doesn't he never thought this whole thing through. Right. But yeah, yeah. He's yeah. A eater and apparently they have brains like Dong, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, and and, if, and then you know, really, um Malfoy hasn't had to do a whole lot of um sneaky things. Um he or, or he hasn't had to get himself out of any trouble you know i think the one if you think about it the kind of trouble that malfoy has gotten into it's it's really been when you compare it to what harry what the trio mm-hmm. have had to get themselves out of he hasn't really had to put on his thinking cap a whole lot to figure <laughs> stuff out so, I mean, I'm not saying he's not he's not capable of, I mean, because certainly when Malfoy wants to do something, like he wanted to play Quidditch and he figured out how he was going to get his father to buy everybody a broom. I mean, he knows how to get what he wants, but it's always been on the surface level and he's never really had to... You know, he certainly haven't hasn't had to try and, you know, save the sorcerer's stone from Voldemort. That
3: right.
1: Harry <laughs> did when he was in his first year, and on and on and on. So I think this is this is another reason that this has had this has been a difficult um, assignment for him because he's always had been you know, Snape accuses Harry of someone who has only gotten through because he hangs around with smarter people and he has a lot of people who've looked out for him true. but that's also true of malfoy
0: well i think um what you're saying is, is is so true i think we can say you know malfoy lacks both style and substance right Definitely. because his yeah. way of solving a problem is by money because i think this is one of the things he we would find out that he I, i'm all alone and that's typically right. not his style, right?
3: Mm-hmm. right? Money
0: and his father is able to, he has a problem that he this money, you know what I mean? And very much so, Malfoy, um, Lucius has no problem in bending all rules <laughs> and, you know, bypassing all process, you know, by getting, um, right. getting what he wants. But this thing that Harry and the trio, are, uh, the whole trio, is, uh, is subterfuge, you know, they're stealth. <laughs> they're going, right. you know what I mean? I mean, they, they, had to speak out of, they had to
1: speak out of the dorm. They yeah. put the disability cloak on. They've, they've. Um, Breach the Chamber of Secrets. I mean, when you think Run about a
0: gang things, under Dolores Umbridge, I mean, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Train a gang,
0: you know. <laughs> you know there are some they, true rebels.
1: They really, I mean, and but Unless they think a, think a lot. Of, look at what Hermione did with the Charm, and you know, they've had to really put their their thinking. cap the on
0: and think they have out. gotten. do the, yeah. the prison break for dragon. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: yes. And Malfoy mostly. I mean, remember when he, he thought he was going to get them all in trouble, um, and he got marched into the forbidden the forest, forest far, with them. Yeah, thinking about and, all that. But I mean <laughs> from the to... very beginning. He didn't and he had no idea what to do. Um, he just hadn't he didn't he had he has never shown that kind of that kind of raw courage, I wanna say, that Harry has. Um <laughs> say it's you know, I always think it's a reaction but i think uh, there is a part of harry that is okay you know this is this is it i'm just going to have to do this that he will get to and but malfoy has never really had to do that but well, malfoy um, doesn't
0: um i was about to say malfoy doesn't have an enemy right because the enemy of harry is malfoy's friend right so the thing that harry right. is fighting against malfoy right. is welcoming so.
1: Exactly, exactly. So. And, and, and so he hasn't had to. And that's a lot of time. Ta- that's another theme that you see in this book. Now, we talked a lot about Harry's resilience. We talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the, the themes of of friendship and family and, and all of those kinds of things. But another theme is your adversity. What What do you take out of your adversity? And how has your adversity shaped you? Mm-hmm. And that's what we see more played out with Harry. Whereas Malfoy has come from the life of luxury. And even when his, he, when they were on the so-called outs, because Voldemort was gone, his father managed to weasel his way back into the good graces of the ministry with bribes. So he has never really experienced that level of adversity that Harry has that, you know, in, in books for kids we're not going to, to be heavy handed. There's that whole idea of the lesson learned, you know, um, that adversity doesn't have to be a bad thing. And I think that's very much a theme in this book mm-hmm. as well, is that your adversity, it, sh- it hones you like, you know, like pressure does to um, a piece of coal and turning it into a diamond. So I think that that's very much a, um, one, another aspect of the story.
0: Definitely so. So let's get into the Half-Blood Prince for real, for real now. We are approaching one of our really exciting portion. I have to say, you know, thinking back to all our discussion, I think this is about our fifth discussion um, on this book, is that we are really interested in the lessons. It's it's the relationship with Harry and Dumbledore that we are really exploring this conversation. Though I've never even um, considered it a relationship per se until the question does come up in book seven, because I just thought, you know, Dumbledore was just doing a thing, you know, doing his thing. You know what I mean? Harry is the person he had to, it's the person to have this conversation with. And he certainly can't have this conversation anywhere else but in his office. Right. But. I didn't consider how everyone from the outside was looking in at this situation because Dumbledore was sending this note to Harry with any and everybody. Like there wasn't like
1: everybody knew that there was that they were that Dumbledore was sending him messages. Right, Mm -hmm. and
0: there will have to be a meeting somewhere. Right, and that if you consider the extent of the their history so far that Dumbledore and Harry really did have moments. I think Hermione, I don't know if Hermione specifically mentioned this in book seven at some point, but she says, it's you, Harry, that Dumbledore was talking to. No, I think when they were reading the will, it became clear that neither Ron nor Hermione had ever been with Dumbledore alone. That's right. It's always been with Harry. Harry was always present at some point. And it's always at the end of, um, I think nearly at all books, the end of all books, Dumbledore and Harry are together by themselves mm-hmm. having some sort of conversation. And so I, I didn't, again, I just thought, you know, it just happens this way, right? And who else, when these safe, when safe Hogwarts had shown itself to be very dangerous, I think the principal needs to be present to have some, to say something for himself, right? <laughs> I never thought of it as being anything other than that. Well, it, but, right,
1: but he also, you know, I think he very much, um... Is a place is in the background unless something happens and he has to show his leadership, such as when they think Sirius is in the uh, what's well, also like first when the people start getting petrified in book two, when right. Sirius they think Sirius is in the castle. So, you know, most of the time he's in the background. Remember, there that, that scene in in um, in um, Prison of Azkaban on when they're looking at the map, he's just pacing in his office. And I think mm-hmm. you get the impression, and and remember, uh, Fred and George said he does that a lot, so you know, yeah. you get the sense of you know, of that's what he's kind of he's kind of let things happen. He's in the background until you know he's pulled into it.
0: Yeah, I think because Fred and George are looking for Dumbledore for first because he's the only person I think they can't fool. Right. right. So I need right. to know where he is at all times
1: exactly when you're about
0: to do anything.
1: So we can pull
0: our tricks. We can pull our tricks. Um so we're now at um we're not gonna let's just mention the fact that two students were almost killed in um the school so far and we are barely past Christmas. Uh, right ron is drinks a bottle of mead that was supposed to go to dumbledore and realizes he has poison and harry quickly pulls out a buzzard stone um a bezoar uh bezo sorry stone and shoved it into harry into ron's mouth and saves his life this was mentioned i think in book one in right. the first potions class um yeah. But Harry,
1: um, in, in the true Harry fashion, he hadn't paid it any attention. So of course until read, not. Until he read it in that the is uh, all ministry,
0: That is not our hero's ministry. That that is not his ministry. Okay, like It
1: is <laughs> not. It is it, not. He, would have remembered it. But, right. Um, he uh, he. Fortunately, he had recently read it in the in the potion's <laughs> book but that the and
0: prince i mm-hmm. one of those students they have to cram for the exam they cram right. and that's it as soon it's as in,
1: it's in one ear and out the as, other.
0: exactly if they tumble down the next morning going to breakfast it all comes they imagine knowledge like actual items that you're putting in a plastic bag and you have to hold it temporarily i'm exactly. taking this message only this i'm taking these items only to the classroom to do the test as soon mm-hmm. as the test is over <laughs> we don't need these items anymore like what am I gonna do with trigonometry? But um, this happens in the presence of um, Slughorn. and things that because now there's almost like two students who are almost killed. Katie Bell has been taken away from school, and I think upon her return, she doesn't she she doesn't remember anything. She just remember whatever happened to her happened in the ladies' bathroom at um, Three Broomsticks, and you had. Um, disappearance are happening that the students are reading the paper at least harry and mine and ron and they're asking anyone disappeared yet anyone we know and (laughs) which is again gallows humor right but but it's almost like this this attempt that almost everyone is 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 doing to make it seem that we're just normal as normal can be right like we're trying to be act as if there isn't a mass murderer dark wizard running around Almost
1: as though there is not a pandemic, right? <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: Let's concern ourselves with these mundane things. You know what I mean. And this, it, it, you know, like no one seems to be taking this, this 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 seriousness of the the situation. And then when things are questioned about, you know, whether safety, just like, well, it's school. We need to come to school, and I'm just like, what? Like people are dying out here. Like, what protection? But then again. I mean, I don't know, since the ministry out here buying things from a joke shop, I'm not entirely sure, but you're right. Like how safe can home be? Mm-hmm, <laughs> I mean, like-, like like really, you know, like I guess strength in numbers, but also school school seems to give these people some level of security. And again, that's gonna come up again as I mean a question at the end of this book. uh but they somehow do enjoy um but Students are disappearance. Parents are coming up and um, wanting their children out of the school. Um, we see this with Susan Bones. I, not Susan, Is her name simple? Susan? It's Susan is the girl in school. Yes, Susan. Because mm-hmm. um, the one who got killed, Amelia mm-hmm. Bones, um, another relative, I think, is injured or killed. And Susan's parents come and get her. So, in the backdrop of all of this thing going on, that you know, like, th- there is a looming danger that's out there. That somehow, the trio—well, Ron and Hermione—seems to be like, but that's over there. That storm is coming weeks ahead. Okay, I see the hurricane forming in the Atlantic, but it's let's go about living our life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Everyone they're is taking their
1: apparition to- test. um <laughs> Ron is dealing with his love life. Um, right. And Harry has got this, you know, he's got all, he's got the weight of what he's learning through his visits with Dumbledore. And he's got this assignment that he can't seem to figure out how he's going to fulfill.
0: Um, And we see the effects of um, the love potion in action, right? You become like Mm -hmm. this belligerent person, like you wanna. Poor Ron. (laughs) But apparently, the the love potion (laughs) seems to be um, specific. That apparently, I guess you put something. Off the object of your affection in within this love potion, mm-hmm. um, because I think this is what, um, Hermione says, right? That but, it, but is it is that it the love thing that smells
1: that, the potion that, that Ron drank was meant for Harry, wasn't it?
0: Right, it but was. So I think Romel Levine put something of hers, of herself, yeah. So that was for her,
2: on her, yeah. So whoever ended, ended up. Yeah, whoever ended up drinking it or while well, eating it in this case was gonna was gonna fall in love with Romilda.
1: Yes, okay.
0: Because it can't be the first person you see because that's most likely gonna be a boy, so right. we can't if have that happen. now, <laughs> right? We can't have that, and that's so random. It might see any and anything. So this is probably um, something that what's her name did that the Kirby, we say Kirby <laughs> they say. You were given sweet food, and to be given sweet food is to give a is to be given a love potion of salt. You know what I mean? You you have been tied to this person. She or he tied you to them, so that is why it happens to um, P. What an unusual and ugly name for a, a woman. who Apparently, it's not a lookout. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's got um, the, it's
3: got the, you
1: know, sometimes when when um, when J.K. Rowling um, names will have some root in them for the personality of the of the individual, and you think about Moropi and you think about mopi
0: you know right. you think about
1: think you know just somebody who's um, just downcast. And I sorrows think sorrows
0: and, why, woes yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just think about ropes and they just like a millstone that they're dragging themselves that you can right. literally literally see her dragging her problems with her behind her, right. like here comes my ropey, Debbie down uh, girl. Like I, I, I wonder what they would have been like in usual, um, wizarding setting. I guess even for them, for those people, for other wizards, they were just what did you what did you call them, Deb? Is what do you call them? You call them? You said know, the dance. But- they were um.
2: Oh, uh, she called them um, pro or pre. Oh, Pro Magnum.
1: They, they pro were pre. Yes, they weren't pro, even magnum. pro magnum. They were pre. <laughs> it, it was like amazing <laughs> that they were walking on on two legs. I mean, they were just so so basic in terms of you know there was you got no sense of humanity from them. Um, that everything had been bred out of them to, to and all they had left was this idea. That somehow or another they were connected to Slytherin, and that they were this whole idea of being pure blood. I mean, it just it, it was just too on point for some of the things we see right now, um, in the world. And um, you know, they had you know they, they had this this air that they were somehow superior to everyone else. And it's interesting because I I just purchased that book about literary illusions, and the whole idea of the the word gaunt. You know it's it's a word that we think of as someone who's who is emaciated or right, or right. someone who who is not you know, healthy. And that was all of them. That was but it was it was psychological and it was social that they were gaunt. It wasn't necessarily just their appearance.
0: I feel like they're the kind of people who go to go to a fancy dress party and and picking their toes in the middle, right next to the buffet table. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that's so exactly. That's what I exactly. imagine. Um, before Janina gives us her, we have been well, going over our time. We
1: talked about the, the Felix Felic- Felicis. Right,
0: that's exactly where I was going to go. So we, you can take us there. <laughs>
1: Well, I just, you know, we, we, we've we had that little episode where you know, Harry's still trying to figure out what Malfoy's doing. He thinks he's kind of, he knows now where he's going, but he doesn't know why. Um, and But he's also got this assignment from Dumbledore, and Dumbledore has made it very, very clear that nothing else can happen until he gets that memory from Slughorn. And we know he's, he's seen the memory that Slughorn gave to Dumbledore, and it's been modified. It's been that, that Slughorn has somehow left things out to make himself look better. And so, but Dumbledore knows right away that this is not true. This is not really what happened, and that um, Slughorn has really done a job on it. So he's tried everything. Um, and now Slughorn has mostly been avoiding Harry to, to keep from dealing with it. But then Harry figures he's got to take this last ditch effort and he is going to take the Felix Felicis. Is that, am I saying that right? Yeah.
2: Um, I think and so so. He,
1: and it's, it's so that he can, um, he can get whatever that confidence or that feeling um, that he can do anything so that he can ta- tackle this problem that Dumbledore has given to him. And um, after he takes it, he takes it with Hermione and and Ron are there and they want to know what it feels like. And then he feels like everything is anything I do is going to be the right thing. And right off the bat, he decides he's going to Hagrid's (laughs) and they can't
2: understand. What what are you doing? Why are you doing that? He's like, I don't know. I just have to. It's the way to go. Bye. <laughs> just, this, is, this
0: is almost out. like a magical weed, <laughs> but you know, exactly. in a liquid potion. Liquid luck sounds like when you, when you're high, like you're literally like, bitch, you can't fly. Come the fuck, like, dog. Y'all need to give right. this bitch something right. to eat because he's he's puffing too hard on that blunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, right.
1: and but you know, he he is he knows that. Um, that Hagrid is bereft because Aragog, who we, we know from, um, book two,
3: um,
1: Aragog has, has died and Hagrid is bereft because that was, you know, that was a friend. They were friends. And even though he's a monster to everybody else for Hagrid, this is a big loss and he knows that Hagrid is upset and he figures out for some reason he knows that that he wants to tell Slughorn about this. So when he, you know, he when he runs into Slughorn on his way to Hagrid's, which is, shows that the stuff is obviously working. There was no rhyme or reason for him to go to Hagrid's, but when he starts to go that in that direction, he sees Professor Slughorn.
0: I think this. I mean, like, again, we have no. You know, I am trying to think of you know some logical explanation after how this thing works. How this thing works, right? Because how what works the potion, right? Because the, the main notion of an idea in Harry's head, it is seen as the right thing. There is no second guessing. There is no questioning. Right. It right. just says go left, go left, right. Stop, yeah. stop. You know, turn three quarters of a minute. <laughs> you know, three quarters of a way. It is the right decision. And it's even beyond just going to Hagrid's um, house. uh, It's just getting out of the castle when they were not supposed to get out of the castle.
1: Right. The door
0: was left unlocked. You know, I mean, like the the portrait doesn't notice him leaving. And it all goes, you know, swimmingly well for him. And he's there. And, you know, of course, Slughorn is drinking. We got to talk to the Ministry of Magic about alcohol at this (laughs) this boarding school. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> professors professors are as, as um aunt madge says they're having quite a nosh okay they're yes, they're they they getting on and it's more than sherry okay i don't care what anyone says um i wanna i, I keep wondering how trelawn is getting her liquor into the school but she's a witch i'm sure if They
2: probably you know she probably hasn't how a, a house self
0: bring it who knows <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> could you yeah. imagine if there's a if and there's an old delivery service Slughorn- bringing in wine, I mean, I would love that.
1: He, he does, and Harry doesn't know that Slughorn is going to immediately um, re- start realizing that the the venom from um, the um, acromantula is very right. valuable, and that you know because Slughorn is such a hug on money. Anything that he can sell. I mean, I've never. He is the. He is just the worst about you
0: know, <laughs> of value. It's he's, just crazy. A, he's a capitalist, Deb. He's a capitalist, <laughs> I, mean, I
1: He would have been that way under under any economic system. He would have figured out a way that he's going to line his own pockets. Absolutely. And, and this is what he immediately thinks about. Now, of course, he has the. You know, like a good, um, the good con artist that he is, he's going to do it under the cloak of, I'm going to go down there with you and help Hagrid feel better.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I'm going to bring some bottles and we'll drink to the beast. And, um, you know, he's just going to, you know, take advantage of that. And when he just from the little things he says, that gives Harry even more ammunition to keep going. And you know, really, kind of pouring it on thick. How he's much literally
0: Hag- pouring it on thick because right. he's making sure <laughs> the wine bottle doesn't go out. Janina it, wants it, that. Oh, yeah, when they
1: get there, when they get Heck there, yeah. They- but even before <laughs> they get there, he starts talking about how wonderful it would be for him to come and how much Hagrid would appreciate it, and on and on and on. And well, Sl- Slughorn does go.
2: We know that. I mean we know that the the premise for taking this potion is that ev- everything that you try to do is going to work right which is we know that's what it's supposed to do so we so that it makes sense cuz Reels is like i need something concrete which you're not going to get right cuz it's magic i know i know, but, I know. that's right. what i'm you saying know, we I, know I, that
0: I need to accept that yeah we that's, know that yeah, this is the magic of this yeah. kind of magic
2: he they tell us whatever you try to whatever you try to do it's going to be successful it would be interesting to i mean i guess it would just it just works right and we have to take that but harry it's interesting because we get to hear harry's mind like work as everything's happening he's like i don't know why but i just felt like it was the right time to reveal myself and he pulls off the cloak right. you know like stuff like I- that Right. What happens if somebody's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, I wonder if you can screw that up. I don't know. I, didn't, well, but I, I think mean, that's
1: the point of the potion is that you can't. Right. You what you would do ordinarily, you know, the potion is going to lead you to to do the other thing, to do the thing that is going to make what you set out to do successful.
0: Because, I mean, all in doubt, Hag- Hagrid's place would not have been the place he would have started to go look. But right, it also right. happened that that was where, I guess, the potion works where I know what you're desiring because you take the potion with a specific task in mind, right? I right. want to get something from Sloghan. Guess what? Slughorn, I'm taking you where Slughorn is, right? Yeah, right, that, right. That's right. what happens, right? Because Slughorn was coming from Madam uh, Professor Sprout. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. But my favorite thing, Deb, now that you're talking about Slughorn, I remember when I read this and every time I read this, I kept thinking of Slughorn, like those people who go to graves and who goes to funeral and then rob the dead. Like they're yes. bending over yes. it, and they're like, oh, my oh that's God, exactly my what he saying? did. Right. They're taking well, off okay, the rings. People who have never they're...
1: heard of the dead and they come to the repast. They come to the, they come and participate in all of the, it's like, did you know them? Oh, I, you know, I knew somebody who knew somebody. You know, they
2: just... I knew
0: somebody I could cook, so I
2: came for the food. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see, Mandungas my, my, my needs to learn a thing or two from the subtlety of Slogan right here, because this, so, is, this is high art.
2: For sure. So I have to admit, mm-hmm. when I read this the first time ever, I hated it. Really? I thought it was so, yeah. Oh, I really I didn't enjoy did. it. I was like, this is so freaking cheesy. The way that Harry's talking, like in his head, and I don't know. And then the the movie bit is way overdone. The way that Harry acts is so. Now when I go back to it, I see that in my head, and I don't like it. I mean, it is all very clever, and I appreciate it for what it is. But I remember thinking, this is so, like, over-the-top cheesy. And then the movie made it way, way over-the-top cheesy. And I can't get past that. Like, Actually, I remember, you guys had said before that you loved this piece so much. And it is fun and it's cool how everything, like, works out. But I never really, I didn't love this. I really didn't.
0: Because what I think that Felix released is how I explained my this to me. One of the things we discussing it, and I, you could think of it this way: is that Felix, Felix, Felix Felicis is accentuating your strengths, yeah? Because we saw a similar scene like this in the beginning of the book when Harry first meets Slughorn, right? What Harry is doing, and this is why precisely why Dumbledore sent Harry, right? Right, that he couldn't send Hermione to do this, right? Because what happens? Slughan is drunk, and there is Harry, his favorite <laughs> That's student drunk teacher. <laughs> with the eyes, because I think it's something that is often overlooked when it comes to Harry. That J K Rowling Rowland, is so explicit and heavy-handed in stressing the point. Harry has his mother's eyes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. the point where you, So basically, you are seeing you James.
2: Get tired of hearing it.
0: Exactly, you are seeing James. But you're looking at Lily, in, if that can make sense. Right, right, right. right. So that whole scene, and there it is, because Harry has already built up this, this relationship with Slughorn. Slughorn wants to collect Harry in his collection. He has this, maybe some level of guilt situated with that. And then Harry says that saying, I can hear her when she dies. Oh. Right. Like how can you how can you that is a I know it's powerful. Me. I know, but it's for me is why they, I tell you Harry is so good at lying and so skilled in, at weaving even before we
1: get to that, even before we why? get to that. Even before we get to the point where he's starting where he goes and, and you know really works on Slughorn, he's it says that um, you know, when he noticed that the supply of drink that Slughorn had brought was running out fast. Harry had not yet managed to bring off the refilling charm without saying the incantation aloud, but the idea that he might not be able to do it tonight was laughable. Indeed, (laughs) Harry grinned to himself as unnoticed by either Hagrid or Slughorn, now swapping tales of the illegal trade in dragon eggs. He pointed his wand under the table at the emptying bottles and they immediately began to refill. So, I mean, it really does show that, you know, he had, this was something he could, he could do, but he couldn't do it, you know, silently. Right. Um, And he, he, but now he's like, that would be a laugh. I know I can do it. You know, I can do, I can do anything. Yeah. And he just sets out because that's what, that's the effect of this particular potion.
0: Giving him the confidence to do the things that you think you could not really do.
1: Right. Right, but he, but I think it, but it's a little bit like even the idea of it, look what the idea of it did for Ron, even though oh, yeah, <laughs> just the idea of it, it you know had a powerful um kind of thing. So you know, he just really, really, um, that whole scene with him and Slughorn, and um, he just poured it on.
0: And he laid um, it on so damn and sick. and and and, and pull slug on. And I, I mean, I could. He didn't have a is, chance. He didn't have a chance because this this is chance. Harry's forte. This is the kind of forte that comes from children who have been abused, children yep. who have to weasel their way out of tight yep. situation, who have to negotiate with adults constantly. Exactly. And I um, I I wonder if Dumbledore doesn't see part of Voldemort to a certain extent. That sort of like scale because we when we do see minutes later, we see Voldemort is doing the same thing, right? Yeah. How yeah. how you flatter someone, how you set up the way you move, you think about the country, you walk, you walk the room, and we know Voldemort can walk our room, literally, figuratively, <laughs> and dangerously. Mm-hmm. You're and, right, though. And we it was this very again, charming, and this would come up again with the diadem because this is precisely, and who gets the information? Harry. And he even says, the good people won't be able to get this kind of information that we can get. Good boys, good boys and girls do not get this kind of information. They don't know how to navigate and negotiate this kind of situation. People like me. And this is, I, I think the feeling is, it sets up the opportunity, but this is all Harry Potter. I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give him, this, gonna give
1: him credit for that. If it wasn't <laughs> in him, I don't think he could have done it. And no. I think that's why, that's why we see that's why that scene with Ron just thinking it, um, get and giving him confidence. If he hadn't been able to do that, it would he would have never been able to do it. He, but he needed to have and as it was, he barely did it because he still needed you know um you know he still had his own difficulty being a good goalkeeper but mm-hmm. he, he there was something in him that was that drove him to do the best he could because he thought he had help now in the but I think that's why we have that scene early on so that you understand that if it wasn't already in the person, that it, it couldn't have been, the potion by itself couldn't have been what it, what did it.
2: See, uh, it this was, is the moment, This is I'm having a reals moment. I, well, never well, well. Never. Oh, yeah. I never made that connection. Never. I never made the connection that that was the setup that yeah. Harry
0: gets it done.
2: Because. Right. Yeah, because. I mean.
0: Deal, ever. Oh, I'm, wow. Ding, ding. <laughs> remember in the beginning of the book, This is the, the, we have this, um, we always have this it's not symmetry or parallels. We have this reoccurring thing, right? Where right. the book is almost, like things keep happening over again. Dumbledore says to Harry in the beginning of the book, oh, Harry, I have something to do. Um, I think you might be able to help me. And what does what does Dumbledore do? Go in the bathroom and read knitting patterns. Because right. the negotiation is <laughs> happen here. He can't tell Slogan to come back to the school. But...
1: Oh, Slughorn, he he I,
0: and he can neither prick... He can't press
1: him already. Remember, and Slughorn right. has refused him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and it's running yeah. and hiding from him, exactly. right? And he asks Slughorn for the memory, and Slughorn give him some doop doop, knowing right. full well right. that uh, <laughs> Dumbledore is gonna notice this doke. shit. Right, right. The okey doke. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> 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 what I was gonna use, you know, we usually say, trying to sell you a six for a nine, okay? Okay. <laughs> and exactly. Dumbledore is, but you know, you see, because. As Dumbledore says, Slughorn knows I will. I can't come directly because Slughorn is a is an formidable wizard, and he's gonna know. He's gonna know what to expect. Right. But Slughorn cannot deal with his conscience, sympathy, and a ghost basically coming back in his face every single time. <laughs> he he wants Harry as a collection to stay far away. He doesn't want Harry to come up in his face and right. talking to him about old memories. Because one of the things I think we have to discuss here is how... it's Because I think we talk about it all the time. How much of what is happening here is shit that happened in the past. That has nothing to do with the current children. the trio. Right. The children have to go fight adult war. And how adults... How so many adults have basically put their hands up and been like... Oh, oopsie. I'm out of here. And this is one of those things here that slogan, slogan isn't even... Um, Accounting for for what has actually happened there, he suspects that what that something is a fall here. He realized that he was duped, but he doesn't even want to account for that because what he tells Harry is that, "Don't judge me so harshly in this situation or something to that effect," mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And and that's he all he's don't thinking. He says, not think so
2: badly himself. of me." Right.
0: Of right. Yes. That's all he's Once thinking you. about.
2: Yeah. yeah. He does,
1: does have a little bit of a conscience, but mostly that's don't think badly of me, because that's another one of the of his little baubles is that he's got this reputation. Um, yeah. I don't think it's, you know, that you really care what you did as much as you care the reputation that it might mm-hmm. tarnish. If exactly. It gets out, if it gets out that you were the one who made it possible for Voldemort to to actually come back. Mm -hmm. And that you, how much of a role you played in that whole thing. So he, you know, Harry doesn't have any qualms about, I'm going to get this dude drunk and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get this memory um, and whatever I have to say, I'm going to say it and to, in order to be successful and the um, potion just spurs him on to do that.
0: I I think this potion gives you this feeling of I can't miss, right? I right. can't mm-hmm. miss everything right. I do.
2: It it's will gonna be work. Go.
0: it's yes. gonna work. You know what I mean? Like I would be your. It's it's your intention because we see this again. Children would say, you know, when they take the fearless police, it's at the end, just like, oh, I don't know how they keep missing. <laughs> right? Yeah, they keep. Well, Jesus, we
2: would have probably been dead if we didn't have it. All the spells just. Somehow didn't hit us, but we were always right there in the mix,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: right,
1: and I think you know he, he even says at one point when when he when there's that long silence, um he said there was a long, long silence, but Felix Felicis told Harry not to break it no. to yeah. wait. and and he just he he it just in addition to telling you what to do, it also gives you i don't know guess the strength or the wherewithal. To actually do it,
0: how mm-hmm. to so play the that, room, right? You know, yeah, the, yeah. The strong silence. You know what I mean? Let exactly. let him ruminate on that, yeah. Right. You know, because right. we, we see, um, as we would see, when we get to this, you know, Voldemort is playing the same game, the same yes. game.
1: Well, isn't there a point? How to flatter a him
0: point, a little bit?
1: Isn't there a point in the in earlier where um, I don't think it was just the 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 fact that Harry was. Was when he saw it, when he was actually seeing through the eyes of the snake. But there's even earlier than that that Harry begins to worry that he has too much in common with Voldemort.
2: Yeah, he does. He does. And he does.
1: I think he knows from a very, you know, very early on. Maybe even in the um, when he says, "I asked the I asked the Sorting Hat not to put me in Slytherin." Book
0: two. It's
1: in book two. two. So even he so, he believes
0: he's the heir of Slytherin.
1: Right, but but he but but this he 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 told Dumbledore that in book two, but he he told the Sorting Hat that in book one.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, the, no, 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 no. It's in book two. No,
1: no. He told the Sorting Hat when he's being sorted.
0: Initially, book she's one, talking initially. about. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Initially. But he has a conversation with the Sorting Hat. I think again in okay, book two. He does. He he does. Yeah. He,
1: does. He, he says to the Sorting Hat. The Sorting Hat is like, "I'm still not, you know, convinced that you where you told the to be."
0: Yeah. It's all there, right? It's all yeah. there.
1: <laughs> you know, so but but Harry begs because just on the strength of what Hagrid told him, I don't want to be a bad wizard. Yeah. I don't want to be but rid- where the bad <laughs> wizards come from. And yeah. I right, and I don't want to be like that. And he knows, but but g- gradually he begins to realize the things that he that they're you know their commonalities and he worries about them. So I think it takes him a while to understand, you know, of course he understands the connection, but he also, it's not just the connections. We got some things in common. We got some mm-hmm. traits in common that can't just be traced back to what happened that night in Godric Hollow.
2: Yeah. And it scares Harry. It and makes him very scary. uncomfortable.
1: It does. It does. And I think it creates a heaviness around him Um that he has a tough time working, you know, like fighting through.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this, um, this is going to be part because, of the conversation now, actually. That yeah. this, this, this very issue of um, and I suspect as we would see that it's very clear Dumbledore is thinking about some things and is under the impression of certain things. And we would later find out, you know, at the end of the series what Dumbledore knew and how he's thinking. So we have this, um, this is coming to one of my very favorite parts in the book, in all of the books, this Ooh. discussion about the cruxes. Yes. the first time you see this word, which is interesting. It's such a fundamental, it's such a big part of the whole series, right? We almost, we see a whole crux almost in every book. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Do,
0: we, do we in any way? Um book three. I'm trying to think of book
1: three. What do we see uh, in book one?
0: Right. We see Harry in book one. We see right. the diary oh, in right. book two. Book um, three, I'm trying to think. No.
1: No, we don't see a Horcrux in book three. But we
0: see someone who... No.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't. We really don't. We, we really don't. Um, Book
0: four... We see the snake for the first time, book five. Right. We see the locket, book six. We see
3: the, the rest of
0: the, and well, book seven we see a new whole craft. Right, um, right. But uh, book three, I, somehow I think book in book seven think, we
1: see two. We see the we see the cup and the diadem. Well,
0: mm-hmm. we've seen the cup before. In terms of we we knew the cup existed we didn't know. Oh, All right, to do. right, right,
1: right. We see yeah, the we cup. we didn't know
0: what that was. Yeah, we didn't know
1: cup. we didn't know the significance of it, but we see the cup in this book and the the cup disappears in this book. Right,
0: mm-hmm. but right. we didn't know what the the next Horcrux was, and right. that we would find out in book seven. But this conversation because what is happening here is this we're discussing magical theory, and we see this very interesting performance and discussion with um the memory this elusive memory that not even dumbledore in all his ways can even get we get this um introduction where um meet and i and i think we're going to meet someone here too i don't know if you know we're going to meet bellatrix's husband
2: yes um, we do
0: in the memory yeah <laughs> in the memory but um So, here we are. I'm just going to read from page 495. Oh, wait, you can go back. There was a much younger slughorn with his thick, shiny, straw-colored hair and his gingery blonde mustache, sitting again in a comfortable winged armchair in his office. His feet rested upon a velvet poof, a small glass of wine in one hand the other rummaging in a box of crystallized pineapple, man.
2: (laughs) some things never change some things never change the last dance you learn
0: (laughs) this is so campy this is like Liberace as a teacher (laughs) this is so campy (laughs) and there was half a dozen teenage boys sitting around Slughorn with Tom Riddle in the midst of them Marvolo gold and black ring gleaming on his finger Dumbledore landed beside, landed beside Harry, just as Riddle asked, "Sir, is it true that Professor Merrythought is retiring?" Oh, "Tom, Tom, if I knew, if I knew, I couldn't tell you." Wagging his finger reprovingly at Riddle, though winking at the same time. "I must <laughs> say, I'd like to know where you get your information, boy. More knowledgeable than half the staff, you are. And hey, see, there is this, there is this." Wheeling of information that Voldemort is showing an apt of doing, right? Okay. He's already talked about this thing in, when he was 11. Uh, by the way, is, 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 do you think Riddle at 11 is much more dangerous than Riddle in school? W- w- when we met Riddle, were you more scared of Riddle that you met in the diary of the Riddle that you met at 11?
1: I think the the riddle at 11 was probably more dangerous in some ways, simply because he couldn't he didn't have any control over. He was doing things. Well, he had
0: control. Right. But he that was the thing. Dumbledore said he had control.
1: Well, he didn't he didn't have the same level of expertise and skill. So I think that would have made him more dangerous, I think.
0: To me, I was much more scared of that riddle, too. I mean, though I know the riddle in the diary was far more knowledgeable, but the riddle at 11, he was thinking about some dark things.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. The riddle Mm -hmm. at
0: 16 was just merely putting those things in practice.
1: (laughs) Right. Those thoughts were already there. The riddle at 16, yeah. And I think the riddle at 16... He he, he wanted there was he wanted something bigger than the riddle at eleven wanted, and so he mm-hmm. was willing to wait for it. He was willing to like the the patience that he shows in this scene to get what he wants. Um, you know, at an eleven-year-old riddle would have you know would didn't have that kind of um, right. nuance Finesse. Yes, Yes, yes,
0: um, with your uncanny ability to know things you shouldn't, and your Careful flattery of the people who matter. Thank you for the pineapple, by the way. You're very you're quite right. It is my favourite. Several of the boys tittered again. I confidently expect you to rise to Minister of Magic within twenty years. Fifteen if you keep sending me pineapples. I have excellent contacts at the ministry. Mm. Tom Riddle merely smiled at the other as the other laughed as the others laughed again. Harry noticed that he, by, he was by no means the eldest of the, boy, the group of boys, but that they all seemed to look to him as their leader. "'I don't know that politics would suit me, sir,' he said when the laughter had died away. "'I don't have the right kind of background, for one thing.' A couple of the boys around him smirked at each other. Harry was quite sure they were enjoying a private joke, undoubtedly about what they knew or suspected regarding their gang leader's famous ancestor." You know, she, J.K. Rowling, is almost making them out to be a gaggle of schoolgirls. The tittering, you know, the, the laughing, That <laughs> This is how typically people would describe a group of girls in a room. Because there are no mm-hmm. girls. This is not an all-boys boarding school. Slug on. I'm calling suspect behavior here. But it's only boys in this private. But they all seem to be slithering anyways. I don't know. That might be the issue. But, um, and they're in, a, in his private office and not in a classroom. I always, in my mind, I always thought it was a classroom. Nonsense, said Slughorn briskly. Couldn't be plainer. you come from decent wizarding stock. Abilities like yours? No, you will go far, Tom. I have never been wrong about a student yet. You're kind of true, sir. The small golden clock standing upon Slughorn's desk chimed 11 o'clock behind him, and he looked around. Good gracious. Is it that time already? You better get going, boys, or you'll all get in trouble. Lestrange, I want your essay by tomorrow. or it's detention. Same goes for you, Avery. These are two um, noted death eaters we have met before. Uh, Yes, we've met them before Mm because they broke up in book five. Right. One by one, the boys filled out the room, filed out the room, out of the room. Slughorn heaved himself out of his arms. And carried his empty glass over to his desk. JK, you'd be laying a heavy and fat people. My God. Like you just don't lay up on it. Um a moment be a movement behind him made him look around. Riddle was still standing there. Look sharp, which is we say in the Caribbean all the time, by the way. It's an expression we still say. <laughs> look sharp, which means to hurry up um, Tom. You don't want to be caught out of bed out of hours and you're an- and you're a prefect. Sir, it's 11 o'clock. They're already out of bed, out of hours. I don't know what What, what time is the curfew at wizarding school. Midnight? One o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> that is that it? 11.05. Is that what it is? <laughs> Sir, I wanted to ask you something. Ask away then, my boy. Ask away. Sir, I wondered what you would know about, about Horcruxes. Slughorn stared at him. His thick finger absentmindedly caressing the stem of his wine glass. Project for the defense against the dark Hearts, is it? But Harry could tell that Slughorn knew perfectly well that this was not schoolwork. Not exactly, sir," said Riddle. "I came across the term while reading, and I didn't fully—I didn't fully understand. Is this light reading?" Um, dab. Is this what you do for like reading, dab? Read about. Well, you know, process.
1: when you think about it, you know, <laughs> you know, he maybe he had a mind like Hermione's. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just is, reading ahead. Can... I'm just reading anything, <laughs> you know. It's anything that's interesting. I'm going to read it.
0: And you know, uh, Madam Pence might be just happy that anybody is reading in that library instead of playing exactly. around eating and whatever. But just okay. like you want to go to the restricted section, go ahead, go right in there. Um, no, well. You'd be hard-pressed to find a book at Hogwarts that give you the details on Holcrux this Tom. That's very dark stuff, very dark indeed. I noticed they have dark in upper case D, said Slogan. But you obviously know all about them, sir. I mean, a wizard like you, <laughs> sorry. I mean, if you can't tell me, obviously, I just knew if anyone could tell me, you could. So I just thought i ask. It was very well done, thought Harry. The hesitancy, the casual tone, the careful flattery, none of it overdone. He, Harry, had had too much experience of trying to wheedle information out of reluctant people, not to recognize a master at work. He can tell that Riddle wanted the information very, very much, perhaps had been working towards this moment for weeks. So you see, even Harry... Game-recognized game, okay, That's right,
1: definitely game-recognized game. Recognized
0: game. <laughs> Harry's just like, hmm, taking notes, taking notes. Well, says Lohar, not looking at Riddle, but fiddling with the ribbon on the top of the box of crystallized pineapple. Well, it, it can't hurt to give you an overview, of course, just so that you understand the term. A horcrux is the word used for an object in which a person has conceived part of their soul. I don't quite understand how that works, though, sir," said Riddle. His voice was carefully controlled, but Harry had sensed his excitement. And honestly, I, I would, when I read this, I thought that he had made a mistake here. He seemed to me, as before, I even got to the part below. I was like, he seemed a little too eager. Like, what are you up to, little boy? Well, you can split your soul, you see," said Slughorn, "and hide part of it in an object outside of the outside the body. Then." Even if, one bo- if, even if one's body is attacked or destroyed, one cannot die, for part of the soul remains earthbound and undamaged. But of course, existence in such a form, Slughorn's face crumpled, and Harry found himself remembering words he had heard nearly two years before. I was ripped from my body. I was less than spirit, less than the meanest goals. But still, I was alive. Few would want it, Tom, very few. Death would be preferable. But Riddle's hunger was now apparent. His expression was greedy. He could no longer hide his longing. And we saw this look in when he was 11. (laughs) How do you split your soul? Well, said Slughorn, uncomfortable. You must understand that the soul is supposed to remain intact and whole. Splitting it is an act of violation. It is against nature. But how do you do it? By an act of evil. The supreme act of evil. By committing murder. Ripping, kills, killing rips the soul apart. The wizard intent upon creating a horcrux would use the damage to his advantage. He would encase the torn potion. Encase? But how? There is a spell. Do not ask me. I don't know, said Slughorn, shaking his head like an old elephant bothered by mosquitoes. Do I look as though I I have tried it? Do I look like a killer? No, sir, of course not, said Riddle quickly. I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to offend. Not at all, not at all, not offended, said Sloughan gruffly. It's natural to feel some curiosity about these things. Wizards of a certain caliber have always been drawn to that aspect of magic. Yes, sir, said Riddle. What I don't understand, though, just out of curiosity, I mean would one whole crook be much be much use? Can you only split your soul once? Would it wouldn't it be better make you stronger to have your soul in more pieces? I mean for instance, isn't seven the most magic powerfully powerfully magical number? Wouldn't seven Merlin's beard, Tom yelled Sogar yelped Songhorn. Seven? Isn't it bad enough to think of killing one person? And in any case, bad enough to divide the soul, but to rip it into seven pieces. Slughan looked deeply troubled now. He was gazing at Riddle as though he had never seen him plainly before. And Harry could tell that he was regretting entering into this conversation at all. Of course, he muttered. This is all hypothetical. What we're discussing, isn't it? All academic. Yes, of course. Yes, sir, of course. But on the same time. Keep it quiet, what I've told. That's to say, what we've discussed. People wouldn't like to think we've been chatting about Horcruxes. It's a banned subject at Hogwarts, you know. Dumbledore particularly fierce about it. I wouldn't say a word, said Riddle, and he left. But not before Harry had glimpsed his face, which was full of that same wild happiness he had had when he had first found out he was a wizard the sort of happiness that would not enhance his han- that would not enhance his handsome features but made them somehow h- but made them somehow less human thank you harry yeah yeah but um the interesting part about this again is that here in the moment of, Dumbled- of voldemort getting the thing that he wants here is dumbledore again even in name dumbledore is always juxtaposed to voldemort In almost every, I think Debbie says all the time, Dumbledore lives rent-free in in
3: In
1: Tom Riddle's head.
0: In his head. And here he is again. Meeting him again. And Harry is drawing reference to the meetup. So Janina is reminding us that we are well into an hour and a half. And I would just say, you know, sorry. I didn't mean, these readings are always spontaneous in our part. But (laughs) (laughs) we get into this discussion about the actual whole crowd, um between harry and dumbledore and if you've never listened to this piece by jim dale it is fascinating reading on his part but i have to say that i was so excited about this i don't know if it's because i'm a history buff but i was like wow this is interesting because this is the first time we're getting any sort of concrete understanding about what happened at um, in Godric Harlow. Mm-hmm. Why it is that Voldemort couldn't die? And why is it that you know that we've been hearing, you know, he's resurrected, and, you know, he was blustering in the graveyard, and we just assume whatever this man is talking about, he's just talking, like villains usually do, right? They can kill their prey, but they're like, let me have a speech. Let me grandstand. You know what I mean? And it's to their detriment. Uh, and we saw that. And then we find out that we have actually seen a Horcrux before in its actual form. And with the diary. And it goes back to when we were discussing in book two, that you know that there are so many references. The whole book, the whole series is in book two. <laughs> and here is. <laughs> I mean the element, you know.
1: Not, not only African. do we see a Horcrux in in real time, we see a Horcrux destroyed.
0: Being destroyed, and we see the weapon. Yes, a weapon to destroy weapons. So two
1: weapons. Yes, weapons
0: to destroy said Horcrux. And um, um, I want to say three, but I mean, but the blood and the venom goes away. <laughs> I mean, right? But, I mean, like this: the source of the venom is done with. But um, this was so um, a fascinating, the conversation. I, I was like, I was like one of the portraits so involved as reading this. I was like, oh, my God. OK, this is pretty interesting. This makes sense. So this is now setting up a new quest to in, the, in the defeat of the villain. Right. Because these action books, these children fantasy always has an, an, a quest element. And here is the quest perfectly laid out for Harry. There are things called cruxes. You have to find these things. We have to find these things. And we have to destroy these things. And these things, not only is it difficult to find them, it's difficult to destroy them. Well, to actually acquire them <laughs> when we do find them, it's difficult to destroy them when we do get them. And we have to do all of this whilst remaining Completely oblivious to Voldemort. I mean, and, and
1: the other thing is, is that they're also dangerous, because right. you can see what has happened when, um, when, when Dumbledore dealt with the the ring, um, Marvolo's ring, and a terrible curse, um, you know, that was on Apparently. it. So not only do we know that there, we've got to find them and we've got to destroy them but that they're going to be very, very tough to destroy because they can, they can still do damage, even though they're considered inanimate objects.
0: So I was... But it's not even so much so that the conversation... It's a thing that happens after they talk about the whole Horcrux, about Voldemort trying to explain to Harry why it is that it's him...
3: Why is that he's, yeah, why he's
0: having this, this conversation? Why he's having all these lessons? It's because of, <laughs> there is a connection here. And Harry, not to deal with subtleties, he doesn't deal with these kinds of subtleties, right? He deals with the subtlety of extracting information, not with receiving information. <laughs> but Dumbledore is trying to tell him something here, right? That he says, You are like him, but you're not seduced by the evil. So there is something remarkable about you. Well, he doesn't say that in so many words, but he's trying to tell Harry. In fact, actually, he is telling him because he said you're extraordinary. Your ability to love, but Harry sees this as being, oh my god, he's yeah, like I can't so annoyed do that. By this. Yeah, hey, just hey, like oh. Harry's
1: like, you know, I need something to work with. This exactly.
0: Like, hey, this ain't it. This is this this not enough. What, Let's I do saw better. In ministry, <laughs> what I signed the Ministry of Magic between you two. I need that. That's what right, I right. Right.
1: He doesn't understand. Doesn't understand it yet. He he really doesn't understand that. That really is what saves him, and we know that that it really will save him. But right now he's like, "Hey, I need I need one of these swords, or I need something, mm-hmm. because right. uh, this is not going to cut it against this kind of power." But
0: it it is so. Um... It is so fascinating that we all expected that Dumbledore would be giving Harry like magical information, like the spell, you know, combat training, I guess perhaps. Mm -hmm. But he was just giving Harry uh, information. Well, he
3: he
1: knows that, you know, like if without this information, basically, Harry is no match for Voldemort. And he shouldn't be, he's a kid. But he does he is going to give him some tools the tools that he can give a, six, a 16 a 16 I think at this point um, in order to to combat him but I think he knows that that he these have got to be more esoteric things than brute force because brute force is not going to help him. He is going to have to do this in a very long sustained, organized although it's not very well organized but in a sustained kind of way to take this on because he just he you know even though they did withstand the the uh, death eaters as teenagers that was kind of a fluke that's not happening you know all the time you need some additional skills and understanding in order to do this
0: yeah, because I, I think what he is trying to tell Harry here is that, one, the Voldemort will definitely come after you. That is, so I'm trying to prepare you. And and I think not to give it, because Harry has this way, and we've seen this and in many ways. When he has been confronted with Voldemort, he has somewhat relinquished at certain points. Like in the Ministry of Magic, he didn't put up any fight. In the, um, graveyard, he comes out and face Voldemort, and everything was <laughs> that he was supposed to be defeated. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, extraordinary thing happened there. And we, we, Dumbledore is hinting to Harry that, Harry, you are living rent free in his head right about now, because that right. situation in the graveyard was really beyond anything he had ever seen before or expected. And now this is becoming, this is an obsession that he cannot, you are an obsession that he cannot get rid of. But I think I took it, you know, is that it's trying to avoid Harry from just giving in and just thinking, you know, like, let me sacrifice myself for my friends, because this is something, that is something Harry would do. So Dumbledore (laughs) is simply saying, you know, like, there is something you must do beforehand. There is a task that has to be done.
3: In order to ensure that this needs
0: to be done, so he's given him a mission and a purpose to continue fighting and not to because you know Voldemort's dad during some pain and whatever case, and Voldemort says it to him to say he won't be able to stand to see his friends suffer. (laughs) I mean, like he proved it in book five, right? He runs he He
1: says if you had never heard that prophecy. How would you feel about Voldemort now? Think. Mm-hmm. Harry watched Vault Dumbledore striding up and down in front of him and thought, in and, and thought. He thought of his mother, his father, and Sirius. He thought of Cedric Diggory. He thought of all the terrible deeds he knew he knew Lord Voldemort had done. A flame seemed to leap inside his chest, searing his throat. I'd want him finished, Harry said Harry quietly, and I'd want to do it. So yeah, I think that that he 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 knows that brute strength, though, is not what's going to get it done, but he knows that he's got to do it. He knows he's got to do it. So um, I think that's the powerful piece of this. This whole chapter is just so amazing, not just the conversation that you read reels, but then the, the what follows. With Harry and Dumbledore, with the explanation, and ties it so many areas of the books together, and really does lay out, as you say, his mission and what he is going to have to accomplish. That's really good stuff. It's almost. But like, he also um, points out that Voldemort, Voldemort played a big part in this by marking Harry
0: as right. Yes. Equal, but there is an uh, an. an element similar to lord of the rings where when you're coming at the king uh, you're going after the enemy you have to have several things in place and you have to work behind the scene and you have to go about a task that is unexpected that not even he is thinking because voldemort is not expecting this to be the strategy right he finds out well late in the game this is the name of the game right (laughs) And the name of the game is never to come at you, right? Because he imagines that what would happen is right. Harry would run in right. and hiding in and, and would try to face him. And Voldemort's just like, well, whenever I face him, I could get at him, right? But right. he doesn't realize that what is happening here is that this is how you sort of have to... You're going on a different path. You, you're going behind. You're not looking for the big bombastic thing. I think this is a brilliant stroke of... Um, fiction writing um particularly for children genre by maintaining this element of a quest and i think that's probably why people didn't really like book seven because they felt it was meandering too much and it was all over the place but it was very much in keeping with the quest and looking for a treasure and destroying and finding clues and all of that but, but it was i guess actually
1: two quests Huh. It was two quests. Remember, it, it split off into two quests. Mm-hmm. And remember, Harry has to decide,
0: right? You know, which Am I looking right.
1: for? Am I going to look? Continue to look for the Horcruxes, or am I going to try to reun? Am I going to try to reunite the Deathly Hallows? No, we
0: didn't. Need, but but the thing but about right it. at this like,
1: point now, he is. He has one mission.
0: Well, that was the mission he was given. Right. Right. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to. We didn't even know about that other mission. I even exactly. thought about that as a mission. Exactly. Like, we're coming at information, like Harry's coming at information. But this is one of the Dumbledore is setting a lot on Harry's expectation. It's putting a lot in on Harry here, and okay. one of the things that he is putting on to Harry here is his expectation that Harry would trust him. Right. That Harry is that Harry has his expectation in Dumbledore that, that Dumbledore would do the right thing. That what Dumbledore right. is saying is the right thing to do. Never deviate from what Dumbledore asks you to do. So this is all really fascinating. And then so I think Janina, if there's anything else you want us to discuss in this scene, I mean, I don't wanna read more because you know, you're gonna tell us we're gonna spend too much time. But <laughs> I
2: think no, next but...
0: week we can wrap up if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yes, I think so. I think one so. one thing that you just said that just is gonna be in play so, so much through the remainder of this is you know Dumbledore assuming that Harry would trust him it it really is interesting that it comes into question so much, but the adults don't question it, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure up well up and up until this point, right, everybody trusts Dumbledore's judgment, um everybody takes his word as golden. Even the things that they question, they go, well, you know what? Dumbledore has his reasons and that's got to be enough. But you're right. He's laying all of this on Harry. And a huge assumption of that is that he's going to trust what he's telling him needs to be done. And then we see this come into question so much in book seven. And you see him battle with that. Like you even hear Harry say, basically, fuck Dumbledore. I'm doing my way, you know, like well, I, you know, so. But well, it always well, he is going to come back faith. to this.
1: And he does lose. He loses a little bit he of does. faith. He um, but you know, when but, when and so play. do
2: so do Ron and Hermione. Well, Ron loses it. Long before, not like I thought not he gave me something. I You're think wonderful. Hermione does. I just think it's not as out in the open. I really yes. think she does. Well, she I think wonder, she.
1: She just wonders. Well, did that, why would he send us out here without anything and without right. the right information? She's more confounded and confused by it. Ron is convinced. He. I thought she had something. Yeah. And we're just out here vulnerable like this. Yeah. And um. So he's. What, what, really
0: I think this is the part that I was... um, I think we should clarify about this level of trust that Dumbledore is expecting from Harry. It's trust when he's not around. Because everyone, all of the other adults who have been trusting Dumbledore, they trust Dumbledore for a slightly different reason. They trust Dumbledore because they know Dumbledore's power level. They know Dumbledore's capability. They have seen it to a certain extent. They're trusting that they can hide behind Dumbledore. And Dumbledore can play... Interference for anything. If Voldemort is coming at me, Dumbledore got me right. Yeah, on that,
2: on that level for sure. But we have to. I'm thinking about Snape, and everyone questions that on some level because everyone knows that he was a Death Eater at one point. But over and over again, we hear Dumbledore has his reasons, and if, and that's good enough for me. Right. Even though I question it. Ultimately, I'm going to trust his judgment.
0: But, but remember when Dumbledore is giving Harry this information at this point, right? And now at this point in book six, Dumbledore is giving Harry this information with the understanding that he will die, that he mm-hmm. is about to die, that his time yeah. on this earth is very right. limited. Right. So, he's ex- so the expectation that he, the thing that he has set in store for Harry at this point, what he is trying to build up, is to try to um it's to is to give Harry information and this feeling that to not stay off of this course because there is no looking back. There is no one to guide you. And J.K. Yeah. Rowland is, is is about to do this as well. Because book seven, she cuts them off from the rest of the world basically. Mm-hmm. They are literally cut off. There is no more there is no um there is no um, Hagrid to talk to, there is no Hedwig, there's no Dumbledore, there is no um, Sirius, there is no one. There's no picture yeah. of my parents, there's just nothing. Harry, th- this path that Dumbledore is sending Harry on with disinformation is a lonely one. And another thing, he cannot share this information with anyone, so he can't even take in looping as we would see. So he's left, Dumbledore is asking quite a, it is it is a burden, I think, unlike anything we have seen anyone else been asked to do in this in this thing, because literally it's the boy who live is meant to be the savior mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. thrust yeah. on him,
3: yeah,
0: and in and not just in because Harry just doesn't have to. Have, the, the trio has to kill Voldemort multiple times. You know what I mean? Right. Like every time to get at Dumbledore is a is a battle. It's a battle. It's literally a battle. So, and the information and Dumbledore just give him information. Yeah. Dumbledore don't give him like like knowledge or like you know like magical knowledge. He just give him information, just like. This is what you're looking for, boo.
2: Well, you know what is interesting? As much as Dumbledore is giving Harry information with the assumption that Harry will trust him, he's trusting Harry.
1: Yes, he is.
2: And he even... And we haven't gotten there yet. Um, It'll be a part of, you know, podcast number 457. (laughs) um, (laughs) of The Half-Blood Prince. But I... One of the 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 best moments for me is when Dumbledore say. says, "I'm not scared, Harry. I'm with you.
1: I am with you."
2: Oh my God! That I melted goes through
1: me every
2: every time. time. I can hear it, I can hear huge. it,
1: and it, it that line just just knocks me cold. When and it's almost like that's the real torch passing.
2: Yeah, for it, sure
1: says, I'm not afraid because I am with you.
0: But for, for me, I always, because it's this information when they have this conversation here that I took to be why Dumbledore is specifically giving this information to Harry. Because of the connection. Because as Dumbledore says, there is no one else in this world right about now. Who hates this man as much as you do? Because just the way in which this man has set up, right? I I mean, Harry's come from abuse abused home, going back to an abused home constantly. This man is responsible for every, like every single shitty thing that has happened to Harry Potter. It is Voldemort. It is Voldemort's fault. Directly. Not inadvertently, like directly. Seeing murder, (laughs) seeing friends being killed, his friends, his godfather, his parents his school friends, his mentor, it's Voldemort. And I think with that in mind, I think, to me, that's how I know, you know, Harry can't hold too much information in his head at one time. So Harry, even as at 11, Harry was gun ho to be like, Voldemort can't get the Sorcerer's Stone. He will not get the Sorcerer's Stone. And I think that's why Voldemort Dumbledore says, you know, like, I should have told you then. Because you wanted to know that answer right then and there, but I've been avoiding it. I kept avoiding, avoiding, avoiding it. But I see that emotional moment with 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 um Dumbledore, Dumbledore, and and you know let us not overlook the fact that Dumbledore himself is carrying a huge burden because he's surrounded by idiots. The magical wall is a bunch of idiots, and he alone, only he and he alone, um is capable and able to do the thing that needs to be done to get rid of Voldemort. Like the others cannot be trusted. They're a bunch of idiots. So Dumbledore is the burden is on Dumbledore and Dumbledore is trying to half this burden for Harry. But unfortunately, even half of this burden is a very heavy burden mm-hmm. for any child. Yeah. So. Well, we, next time we'll
2: talk about that trip to the cave and all yes. of that. Love oh this. no, we
0: we will not yes. we will not overlook attempted murder in the school again. We will no, not overlook not.
1: <laughs> one more one more attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's gonna be great. Oh my gosh. Yes, no, I love you, this. you know what I'm excited So fans who have been listening to us, guess what? Janina and Deb have started to read reread um The Deathly Hollows. Well, I finished. Uh, and <laughs> well I know Janina is finished she will begin begin again. And guess what? So we won't be on this book for too long because Janina just realized she has forgotten so much about <laughs> what's going on in book seven. So I know that she's eager. I am
2: eager, but I do love this book So I'm fine yeah. to do 5,472. Because <laughs> <a deathly> <laughs> this is by far my favorite book, but it has been, I, you know, honestly, so we've done, this is podcast, this is five, right, that we've done on this book? Yeah.
1: So we're going to do something only appropriate.
2: Well, you know what? I have listened to this book start to finish probably four or five times since we've been talking about this podcast. And then I have gone back and listened to sections and I have had the book out and I have post-it notes in it with tags like i have loved this so much but when i finished it the last time even though i knew that there was going to be at least two more podcasts on this book i said i cannot do it again and i wanted to i truly wanted to it wasn't like i'm sick of it i was just like let yourself move on it's okay (laughs) that's right (laughs) So I'm currently reading or listening to, uh, Deathly Hallows and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not messaging you guys nearly as much as I go, holy shit, I forgot this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can't text more. message to our it's, group, uh, messages <laughs> to our group discussion for this podcast. And Devin and I like, what is she talking about? Like, what? Like, she's all over the place.
2: I, I am because it's almost, it's almost new for me. It's almost new. I am, I have forgotten so much. And because, and well, you know, I said at the beginning that I read all of the books in order of the series every time a new book or a new movie came out. So naturally, the last book is the one that I have consumed the least. And I haven't touched it. I hadn't touched this series at all since the last movie came out. And in fact, before the second part of Deathly Hallows came out, I did not read the last book because I never really enjoyed it. I read other stuff um, because I wanted to fall back into that world, but I didn't read Deathly Hallows. So I'm pretty sure that I've only ever read it twice. And um, the first one is that first read when it first came out was Mm -hmm. the rush read of, I just wanna know how it ends. And um, the second one, I was a little bit more careful, but that was a long time ago. So this is almost brand new for me.
0: Almost. Well, I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm excited to hear. So guess what? You know what that means, Janina? You're gonna do the outline. What's Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Ah, ah. Let me let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is so this is so interesting because I am I'm, I'm always when we discuss this what I am um, I love hearing is when we talk about what something meant to us um, with um in a particular scene and you just mentioned something a while ago and i was trying to think if i did think of it that way but for this series of the podcast i i read up to the cave i was like when we get to the cave scene i would then go into that because i don't want that to be hovering in my head right so much um as we because all of the juicy tidbits that I know we're going to go on about is what we've already discussed, you know, the lessons, you know, about magical theory, what's happening in the school, Slughorn, all those things. And I wanted, the cave seemed to be a whole different book on itself. in many it ways.
3: Be, right? It could
1: yeah. it just, I mean, it, it does. Just, and especially what happens and then the aftermath. So it really does kind of, right. it's like the, it's the denouement. And it's the beginning of the end uh, when, when they, when they go to the cave. But, you know, I'm
0: I'm trying to think of something that we always, in the book, we keep going to these dark places in the end of all of the books. In the first book, we enter this dungeon under the school. Second book, the same way, Chamber of Secrets. Third book, we're in the Shriek Shack. And we're at the edge of the forest. Um, Book four, we're in a graveyard. Book five, we're in the um, Department of Mysteries. Book six we're in a cave you know what i mean
2: maybe you just found another thread of the book because it like we've said you know a million times nothing seems to happen by accident
0: right right but i mean but this whole but uh, there's something new about this whole cave situation because we've never seen harry and dumbledore outside of the school no never like well you know and well, that's not true we saw ministry of magic but they're on a they're on an adventure together, right? Two they didn't go together with in the, the intention
2: of being together. Yeah, yeah. Because well,
0: I think at this point we feel like we know everything about Voldemort that we care to know, right? That he know he seems to be fascinated, at least for me, he no longer seems to be fascinating anymore after Dumbledore has given me, and and in many ways, um, you know, like how we felt that we needed more information about the Gaunts. And there was some of the things that we needed felt that like we needed more information about. But mm-hmm. I just felt like I didn't want to know anything more about Voldemort. I just like oh, okay. oh really? Hmm.
3: That's I interesting. just think
0: yeah because I mean what is going to show me in those mystery years when he disappeared? Like why? Okay, I don't care about
1: those. I don't exactly. care about those so much. I really cared. i the 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 business about the Gaunts made me wonder about the period before. Right. Um, we saw where we we come in, and we see them, um, and Merope and they're living in the this this hovel. Mm-hmm. I was just curious about them prior to that. I I wasn't interested so much in more about Voldemort once he became Voldemort. Um, I was, you know, I think we get enough. We basically find right,
0: out. That's I'm saying, right. To find that's out. what I mean. Yeah. yeah for me I felt like I for one of the for, for the very few times that we're going back in history because you always feel that when we go back in history we don't have enough information. I wanted to know what happened to Lily and James and you know that whole that whole generation because right. that whole generation seemed to have been wiped out to a certain extent. All of the information I know about Voldemort I feel like I got a good sense of who he was when he was disappearing. Like mm-hmm. when he disappeared before he came after the job, just like uh, he was killing
2: mofos to fill exactly. up that lake.
0: <laughs> uh, because he doesn't seem to be because she, she paints I don't know whether we can say she paints an excellent picture of him, but you feel that you have this true real measure of this man. Because it's just like, oh, I know you. You're you're a you're like a serial killer who tries to pretend that like he's really interesting, but boo. You're just a killer. That's it. There's nothing special and extraordinary about you. You know what I mean? Like he believes in this grand And then now that we have this information, it's just like, boo. I've seen your grandfather. Mm. I've seen your people. You are nothing. You know what I mean? Like and just that whole for me at least. I don't know whether is, it's an inf I I got as we are doing this now. That, you know, how we've sort of delving like so closer, but I'm just like, mm, okay. But but I know in American um, psychology, uh, actually, in criminology, people are always fascinated by killers. They get so wrapped up in serial killers. And just like, nope, not interested. You know, I mean, they, once you have this information, that's it, they are killers. Get them out of here. But this has been so lovely, ladies. I am so happy every week when we do this discussion. I'm just like, glad we do this. I can't <laughs> wait for us to tear into somebody know, else's right? book. <laughs> I mean, God forbid anybody else's book we pick up. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, world. <laughs> Watch out. Exactly. I mean, like, this triple literary critic, triple, this trio of literary critics.
3: That's right. We're we are in it.
0: Trio. We're in it very much so for, for, for it. So, Janina, I'll let you wrap up. Well, we're not wrapping up the book. One <laughs> more episode for this book. <laughs>
2: One more, a.k.a. five episodes no, left. No, we're <laughs> I'm kidding. We, we should be able to wrap it up. But in the meantime, make sure to rate us and review us, please, on iTunes and know that you can find us anywhere you get your podcast: Podbean, um, most times YouTube, Amazon, Spotify, any place. So please, listen, comment, engage us.
3: Yeah. And
2: we will be back next time to wrap up this wonderful book and move on to the to the bitter end.
0: We're and always interested in it for you to tell us that we're right. We're yes, all, we, we, love that. That. <laughs> we love that.
2: We love that. And if you, you know, you can you can find us on Twitter. We're we're quite active there and happy to chat with you, unless you're an
0: asshole. All right, Ms. even Ch- then, because we would just show you how wrong you are. <laughs> I mean, just <it's> saying.
2: <laughs> <gasps> Mischief managed.
1: Good night.